number one We'll hold the line We won't step back We'll just attack time after time We're lightning fast We'll drive like rain We won't be beat We won't retreat Ice in our veins We are the storm from Melbourne Town will blow the others off the ground We are the storm And we're number one We are the Storm and we're number one. Welcome to Stormcast, the official Melbourne Storm podcast. Episode 28. As always, a quick shout out to those of you who are supporting the podcast by downloading and subscribing to Stormcast with Gobs, the one and only Melbourne Storm podcast. Stormcast is your one-stop shop for discussing all things Melbourne Storm. Stormcast with Gobs is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify platforms. As always, I'm your host, Gobbs, and I'll be bringing you the latest news, views, and opinions, as well as Storm content over the 2023 season. Now, let's get on with the podcast, shall we? One more play. Munster is the target. His left-hand side. He'll kick it out wide. Coates up against the feeder. Coates makes the grab. He's got a hat-trick. Last week it was Will Warbrick. This week it's Xavier Coates. X marks the spot. The X-man, Xavier Coates, picked up a hat-trick on the weekend uh, against the Titans. Um, And, yeah, uh, the Storm were the dominant team uh, over the 80 minutes, um, taking the game 37-16 to 16 over the Gold Coast Titans. Um, again, completion rates were high, 81%, um, completing 30 from 37 sets. And again, I, I know I always go on about it, but it is a very, very true and, and crucial point to, to being able to put yourself in a position to win games. And... When you're completing at such a high rate, errors are low. Uh, you're, you're you're building pressure with the ball. Um, yeah, it, it goes a long way. So, um, whilst the, I suppose the, and something I spoke to last week and probably over the last fortnight is that when you're playing, when you're coming up against teams that are out of contention for finals. They've got nothing to lose. They throw caution to the wind. They want to upset the apple cart, and they play very unorthodox, a lot of offloads, a lot of low-percentage football to try and unsettle you, and that comes back down to the N-word, nuisance. Uh, And that's what the Titans endeavoured to do uh, and be, very similar to what the Dragons were the week before. They wanted to provide the ultimate nuisance value and upset the storm. Um, going into the finals. So very um, – it, it was a game where um, despite being at home, despite coming on um, off two really, I suppose, um, solid solid games and, and, and wins, um, it, it was a game that always had the, the potential likelihood that it, it – if – if the Titans um, did turn up, I suppose, with more of a defensive sort of attitude as opposed to an all-out attack because they they are a team that, that poses a threat with the ball. They've got a lot of points in them on both sides of the, of, of the field. Um, 
and they can ask questions. They've showed that throughout this season where they can... I think there was one point there for seven consecutive weeks. They scored a total of 26 points. So they've got no problem scoring tries. It's defending tries that really has let them down in, in 2023. So And with the incoming coach of Des Asler, that would be one thing that he'll be looking to turn around uh, for the Gold Coast side uh, in 2024 when he takes the reins. But um, back onto the Storm... Uh, Again, I, I thought Munster probably had his best game for maybe about a month or so. Um, um, running the ball, throwing more dummies than baby bunting. Um, yeah, he, he was back to his scheming best. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I think I think the spine... Uh, Hughes, again, is just in a purple patch of form, albeit, uh, unfortunately, now he's gone down to that uh, that medial strain. Uh, thankfully, it, it is only a medial ligament sprain as opposed to a tear, um, which is, that's, I mean, if, if you're going to do an injury, that's the one you want to do uh, because a, lot, a, a sprain usually just means as soon as the inflammation goes away from, from the actual ligament, then it's it's fine. It's fine to actually run, play, get a knock on it again, etc. Because sprains usually come up through inflammation. So um, he's taken a heavy knock on it. Uh, if it was a finals game this weekend, he plays. That's 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 the crux of it. But um, you can't take any risks at this point in the season. You you need to try and ensure that you're going into the finals with a healthy. With a healthy squad, um, and again, that's been a contentious issue this week in terms of um, the arguments for and against of resting players. Now, my personal opinion, if a team has put themselves in a position where they're guaranteed a final spot, they're guaranteed a top four spot, they're guaranteed a home final, etc., etc., then... They've earned the right to rest players. They've earned the right to choose to rest players. Um, and I understand the commerciality of people buying tickets, broadcasters, ratings, etc., uh, wanting to, to see the best players available. But put it this way, if you're a Storm fan or a Storm member and you win week one of the finals and go through to a prelim or you make a grand final, are you really going to care what happened in round 27 when you rested 10 or 11 guys? No, you're not. That's 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 simple. Um, and I'm a half-glass-full kind of guy, right? So I try and see the, the positives and the optimism in and around the opportunity of resting players. That's now going to give other squad members an opportunity to, to play. So we already know, and we'll get to it in Teamless Tuesday, but we already know there's going to be at least two debuts for the Storm. Two debuts. Two club debuts. To me, that's exciting. And there's other guys in the squad that unfortunately have been stuck behind other players um, because of depth, form, etc., they now get the opportunity to show their wares and say, hey, 
if needed, we can do a job too. And that that's that next man up mentality that the Storm have always gone about. It's not it's not who you haven't got, it's who you do have. And um, it, it's, a, it's a real opportunity for guys to put themselves in the shop front window should anything untoward happen throughout the final series now. So you want to know that you've got players within that team or within that squad that can step up if necessary. So, um, yeah, that's that's the bonus to me of resting players where other guys get an opportunity to put their hand up, pull on the purple jersey and do it proud. So, um, on back onto the Titans' performance, Craig Bellamy was asked what he thought of the Storms' win. Let's see what Belza had to say. Craig, I feel like there's so much that came out of that game to talk about, but if we start first with the 80 minutes of footy, the Titans pushed you guys. How did you feel the performance was from start to finish? Yeah, I think our performance was a bit mixed. You know, like as soon as they got down to our you know, 20 metres zone in the first half, they were there twice and they scored two tries, you know, so we weren't overly happy with that. And I thought, you know, we made a couple of mistakes in the second half that, you know, we just sort of threw the ball away, like in promising, you know, like there was one there with um, with Tep and there was one there with Bronson, then Harry threw, he thought he was, you know, the, the All Blacks halfback and, you know, sort of threw a pass that they ended up with, you know, so I think, you know, at times it looked like we were looking for the shortcuts, um, but I was really happy with the way we steadied the ship um, the second half and, and, you know, we scored some points in the end, which we, which was good. Harry said on the field you might not be too happy with him um, after this game, but are you happy with the role he's playing for you off the bench? Is that something you, you're going to look to do more and more? Yeah, well, you know, we've, we just, you know, we've done that the, um, the last two home games, um, mainly... And we, we just thought that that was the best thing for the team, you know. So, you know, we'll keep continuing to do what we think is the best thing for the team. You know, we know he can play 80 minutes. Um, but, you know, it's handy to put, you know, Bronson on there and he takes a bit of an edge off and, and then, you know, Harry, um, you know, can hopefully do his stuff a little bit easier. But, um, like I say, we, we, you know, we might not stick to that formula, but we might. It all depends who we play and what the situation is. Craig Bellamy there. So just referencing um, referencing the decision around Harry, starting Harry Grant off the bench. I, I know that's been. Uh, I know a lot of fans and members have have discussed. Um, will that be a tactic going forward? Um, that was one of the the podcast questions last week. Um, and again, I think it's it's a case by case basis. Uh, really depends on one. Um, the workload of Harry Grant, um, two, who your opposition is, three, how they're, uh, I'm going to say they're, the, the coaches, uh, their game plan, their strategy going into the game as well. So there's, it's going to, it's going to differ week in, week out. So, um, but look, it was effective uh, against the Raiders. It was effective again Um against the Titans on the weekend, but it's not necessarily going to be the case week in, week out. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's just, a, again, like I said, it's it's a, it's a week by week um, proposition, I suppose, and, and there's numerous factors. It's not just, well, it's worked 
um, for two games. Let's just continue with it. There's other factors at play, and again, that they're the brains trust. They'll be looking at the opposition and seeing what's going to be more beneficial. Is it more beneficial for Harry to come on after twenty twenty five minutes, or is it more beneficial for the side to for Harry Grant to be playing eighty minutes? So um, that's why. Craig Bellamy gets paid the big bucks to make those big decisions. So um, one of the big highlights, I suppose, from the weekend, um, and I know every Storm fan and every member um, had a smile from ear to ear, and that was the return of Ryan Pappenhausen. Uh, Lara Pitt from Fox League uh, spoke to Paps after the game. Let's hear what Paps had to say. The ma- yeah, the man of the moment, Ryan Pappenhausen. It has been 400 days and more in the making. You visualised this moment. What was it like? Yeah, it was awesome. I, I can't believe the crowd, honestly. I, I come to watch a few of the Matildas games here and that was loud, but that, that was outstanding. Um, yeah, massive, massive thank you to everyone who came out today. It was a um, pretty tight contest there for a long time and I went on and had to do my job and um, yeah, it's just great to be back. It's a good feeling. Did you think this day would come? Um, I did, but it had its setbacks with it. So um, as I got closer towards it, it got further away and um, I just had to hang in there and it's definitely worth it, I'll tell you that much. It's um, yeah, all those dark days that you have, to run back out here in Amy Park and a team like this, um, I'm just lucky to be picked and yeah, lucky I'm back to playing. What was the day like today? It was alright. I think um, I think obviously having a few games in Queensland Cup um, really helped with the nerves, knowing that my body could hold up for it. And um, Yeah, I felt really good today, really calm and um, I guess the boys made my job a bit uh, easy during the week and you know, I just had to go out there, run hard and, and make my tackles and probably flew off a couple, that flew off a couple there, but I'm um, getting back into it and uh, yeah, I feel really good. So. A great return. Uh, great return and, um, yeah, the, the ovation uh, that Paps received by the Amy Park faithful on the weekend was absolutely fantastic. So welcome back, Paps, and, yeah, 405 days um, away from away from the NRL field. Um, it was great to see him back in the purple and the majestic Mel- Melbourne mullet was once again flying in the wind. So, yeah, uh, really, really good field story. Um, yeah. Welcome back, Paps. Glad to see you back. Okay, Teamless Tuesday. Well, the Storm are set to unleash two debutants as they line up against the Brisbane Broncos this Thursday night in the final round of the 2023 regular Telstra Premiership season at Suncorp Stadium. Sua Faolongo, he will be... Storm player number 231 and prodigy Jack Howarth will be Storm player 232. Both will pull on the purple jersey for the first time in round 27 alongside a host of changes that will see Tarek Sims, Justin Ollum, Jaden Nicorima, Tyron Wishart, Chris Lewis and Aaron Penney back in the squad covering for Cameron Munster, Harry Grant, Christian Welsh, Nick Meaney, Xavier Coates, Marion Seve, Trent Liero, Tui Kemakamitha, Nelson Osofa-Solomona and Tom Eisenhuth, who are all being rested. Jerome Hughes is also among those sidelined this week, but is expected, as already made mention, available for selection next week after showing promising signs in his recovery from a low-grade medial injury on Saturday. So, as I said, if it was a finals game this week, any place. So... 
nothing too serious on that frontier, which is uh, good news. Uh, amidst the changes, Ryan Pappenhausen has also been named at fullback after his successful return to the NRL field off the bench in round 26. So following three host-plus appearances uh, in the fullback position, it'll mark the first time Pappenhausen has donned the number one Storm jersey since the injury last July. And I think that's a good thing. The reason why I say that is um, you've got to rip the Band-Aid off and see what he can do across 80 minutes at fullback. Uh, now, he may not necessarily play 80 minutes fullback with uh, Suofeo Longo obviously on the bench, and they may they may look to tinker um, with that, but I'd assume that perhaps will virtually play majority of the game, if not all, if not all, at least a good portion of the 80 minutes at fullback. So it'll give him the opportunity to really, I suppose, get some minutes and miles in the legs after being out for such a long period of time. So we're talking about match fitness uh, and general conditioning. Um, but again, just seeing has he got that zip on the end of shape on, on both sides of, of the ruck when the storm go to shift. Um, by all reports, he has, which is great to see. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, again, it's an opportunity to say, okay, well, is he going to be that X factor that we all know he, he is, but we hope he can be for this current group going into the finals. And if that's the case, well, you've got to pick him. You've got to pick, that's my personal opinion. You've got to pick him. I know, I know Nick Meany's done such an admirable job um, filling in and, and doing a superb job at fullback, but when you've got a, a talent like Ryan Pappenhausen uh, and the calibre of athlete that he is, you can't leave him out. You can't leave him out. It, it, it's the, the equation would be um, the Broncos wouldn't leave um, Reese Walsh out if if he was coming back from injury as well. So, um, or Kalen Ponga for the Knights, or Tedesco for the Roosters, etc. So, um, if Pappy's back to his best, and we're going to see that. Um, from an individual performance perspective as opposed to a team performance, but what he does back in the number one jersey this Thursday night, um, that's going to give that's going to give Craig Bellamy and the coaches uh, some food for thought as to what the side will look like for week one of the finals. So let's have a look at the team list uh, for Thursday night. So Ryan Pappenhausen has made mention is back in the number one jersey at fullback. Will Warbrick and Remus Smith are on the wings. Justin Ollum returns to the NRL side uh, with young Tonomapia in the centres. Jaden Nikarima will play his first game after being named in the sixth jersey, replacing Cameron Munster. Tyron Wishart, interesting selection at halfback. Uh, no Jonah Pezzett, uh, which is which is interesting. Um Tarek Sims um, will play his first game since the Knights clash after being suspended. Um, Tepai Moroa will start his first starting opportunity for the Storm. So uh, deserving too. He's been really, really good off the bench. Um, Bronson Garlic is at hooker, uh, replacing Harry Grant. Chris Lewis 
uh, is has been named in the 11 jersey, replacing Trent Liera on the left edge. Eli Katoa uh, is the other second rower, and Josh King returns after being rested uh, in the penultimate round last week against the Titans. On the interchange bench, Suofai Longo, Alec McDonald, Aaron Penney, and Jack Howarth will round out the 17. On the extended reserves, Grant Anderson, Joe Chan. Now, that might be a name that we should keep an eye on. Um, potentially could be a bolter for a debut. So we already know that there's going to be two debuts in Silver Lungo and Jack Howarth, but Joe Chan could be a smoky. Could be a smoky. Uh, Keegan Russell-Smith. Now, for those of you who don't know who Keegan Russell-Smith is, he is a Penrith Panthers junior. Uh, he was part of their SG uh, winning SG Ball uh, premiership team last year. Played in the same team as Hosea Katoa, uh, who's now the Dolphins half. Um, and he has been a part of the Storm Academy uh, side and, and playing very, very well in the jersey flag for the Melbourne Storm. So the under-21s for the Melbourne Storm. Um, 18 going on 19. Very promising young halfback. Um, so he's been named uh, on the uh, on the extended reserve. So very interesting there. Cole Geyer, son of Matt Geyer, has also been named on the extended um, reserves list. Uh, and Tristan Powell. So those of you who don't know Tristan Powell, he's a middle forward that's been playing and plying his trade in the Sunshine Coast um, Falcons in the Host Plus Cup. So... Um, Again, it's 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 an interesting one how this how this final seventeen will look because I don't think it's I don't think it's clear cut and I don't think it's straightforward. Um, I've got I've got reservations in and around the halves with Nicarima and Wishart. To me, that's a weakness, and I say that it, it's no disrespect to either player, but um, they're not what you would consider first-choice halves to begin with, especially Wishart. Wishart, to me, his best position is at nine, um, and he's proven that when he's come on and he's played a bit of dummy half and a bit of hooker, um, giving Bronson Garlic uh, a a breather during the origin period when um, Melbourne played Wests at Campbelltown. Uh, Both players were brilliant that night, um, sharing the hooking duties. Um, so for him to be playing at halfback, I know I know he played halves um, as a kid and coming through the ranks at St. George Illawarra uh, and the Illawarra Steelers, uh, junior representative and, and lower grades. Um, but playing at halfback, which is foreign to him at this first grade NRL level, mm, I don't know. <sighs> maybe, maybe that's why Keegan Russell-Smith has been named. Could we potentially see a debutant there, knowing that the Jersey flag season is now over for the Melbourne Storm side? Could he be a smoky? Don't know. Do not know what they're what they're thinking. Um, just seems very weird that they would name him when he hasn't been on the radar at all, and then all of a sudden naming Tyron Wishart there, who hasn't played. Even when he's been playing in the Sunshine Coast Falcons, he's been playing at, at hooker. So, mm, 
Very interesting. I mean, if I was, let's let's just say hypothetically, if there was going to be a change, I wouldn't mind seeing Keegan Russell Smith play at half. He's a natural halfback. Why not throw him in? You got nothing to lose. Like we just said with this, the resting of players. This is an opportunity now for these guys to really put themselves in the shop front window and 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 show the club who why they've invested in them, why they deserve to be Melbourne Storm players. So I'd love to see it. I would love to see Tyron Wishart um, go back to the bench. Um, and I would love to see Keegan Russell-Smith have a potential debut. Why not? Got nothing to lose. Got nothing to lose. And same as Joe Chan. Um, I know Chris Lewis has been around... Um, in and around the squad. But to me, Joe Chan, there's more upside with Joe Chan. He's been plying his trade. Um, again, still very young Joe Chan. I think that's what a lot of people have got to remember too. He's, he's still a kid. You know, he's, what, 21, 22. Um, throw him in. You've got nothing to lose. Play him on that edge. Let's let's see how these guys can handle the rigours of first grade. Um that's that's what I'd that's the way I would be I'd be leaning, um, and even so, that I think you got Suafe Longo who's been playing between fullback and wing for the Falcons. Um, could we see Will Warbrick? I know he's been named, but could we see him rested and potentially Sua play on the wing? There's another. There's another potential position selection change that could happen as well. All, 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 I'll, all I'll say on this in terms of summarising is that I think the 17 that's been named won't be the 17 that runs out. I just think there's there's too many different potential permutations with this with this squad in terms of who is named on the extended reserves list who will... Um, who will potential, potentially could play. And two of those, Joe Chan and Keegan Russell-Smith, they'd be two I'd be keeping an eye on. So let's let's see how that plays out. For the Broncos, uh, they too are resting uh, quite a number of players. So Tristan Saylor will, will line up at fullback. Corey Oates and Jordan Pereira will play his first game for the Broncos in 2023. They're on the wings. Jesse Arthurs and Deloise Hoyter are in the centres. Josh Rogers, a 27-year-old debutante, will pull on the Broncos jersey for the first time. He's been named uh, in the sixth jersey to replace Ezra Mam. Jock Madden will again line up in the halfback jersey, uh, replacing Adam Reynolds. Tom Flegler and Corey Jensen are in the front row with Tyson Smoothie, former Melbourne Storm hooker. Uh, and Sunshine Coast Falcons player. Uh, he's in the number nine for the Broncos. Uh, Brendan Piacora and Jordan Rickey are in the second row, and Kian Palacia is at lock for the Broncos on the interchange bench and making his debut, Blake Moser. Now, this kid has a lot of wraps on him. Uh, anyone who has seen him play, you can understand why. Uh, he's a gun. He is a gun. He's already drawing comparisons to a young Cameron Smith. Now, I don't, I don't like lumping or comparing players um, 
with that sort of tag um, because Blake Moser just needs to be the best version of Blake Moser. Uh, I don't like where they try and hold these young kids coming through and comparing them to, to greats of the past because it's, I think it's grossly unfair. But he's, he's a, a very, very good young player. Um, and again, it's it'll be really, really good to see him um, have an opportunity, put his hand up for the Broncos, but um, he's been touted as a future Queensland and Australian hooker as well. Um, as as the uh, as the experts and the judges have um, labelled his his talent and in terms of the ceiling of what he can go through, so yeah, he'll, he'll be he'll be dangerous, no doubt. Corey Pakes uh, is also there, which is weird because Blake Moser is a hooker. Corey Pakes has played hooker for the Broncos this year as well, and Tyson Smoothie. So I I doubt they're going to run with three hookers. That just doesn't make sense. Um, Xavier Willison, who's a hulking middle forward, um, and Martin Tapa'u uh, rounds out the 17. Now, on the reserves, they've got uh, Ben Tikura, uh, Israel Leota, Kurt Capewell, Kobe Hetherington, and Selburn Cobbo. Now, I don't think Cobbo will play. I don't think Hetherington will play. I don't think Capewell will play. So... Um, there may be potentially Leota or Takura that will come on the bench and either replace um, Corey Pakes, I would, I would assume. I would assume. Unless Pakes is going to play like a middle forward, potentially. Um, I'm not sure what Kevy Walters is thinking there. But, yeah, um, Frank Panisi was asked about the resting of players uh, and, and spoke to the injuries uh, to... Um, Jerome Hughes, uh, as well as Cameron Munster, who I think majority of Storm fans and members who have been watching Money over the past, oh, what, six, seven weeks, they've noticed his knee's been heavily strapped. Uh, and that's not a knee injury. That's actually a cut that's been heavily infected um, since origin. So not having him play this week is probably going to be beneficial in terms of getting that right uh, and getting that healed so because strapping obviously does restrict movement as well so uh, let's hear what Frank had to say. It wasn't an easy decision in terms of uh, we'll definitely do it we we had a long chat about it on Sunday night once it became clear that we had our position in the top four confirmed but it gives us that luxury to either to rest players or not rest players so after a lot of thought Sunday night and yesterday morning we decided to rest players that we think would be better off from it, uh, players that are either carrying some, some uh, niggling injuries uh, over the last few weeks or a lot of players that have played a lot of minutes this year and are starting to fatigue I think this opportunity to rest before the final is really important, uh, a classic example is a player like Cameron Munster who yes he would have played on Thursday night if it was a must win game but uh, Cameron has been ca- uh, carrying an infected knee for since Origin. Uh, he's had the birth of their second child, he and Bianca. So he also stayed back in Melbourne just to um, 
just to regroup and get ready for week one of finals. But uh, resting players is one thing, but probably more importantly, uh, for us to do well in September, we need a full squad effort, uh, and 17 players aren't going to do it. So uh, it's important that we have a, a minimum of 20 to 22 players that are really challenging for a position in the 17. So some of those players are fighting for, for one of those positions on, on Thursday night, and some are going to have to be ready. There'll be injuries, uh, suspensions. We hope not, but we've got to be realistic. We've got to be ready for everything. So it's an opportunity to rest players, but also give other players some valuable opportunities on a big stage. It's going to be a big game Thursday night, uh, sold-out stadium against a high-quality opposition who have got a lot to play for. So we're not really focused on the Broncos, uh, on what's important for them. We're just focused on what, what uh, this game can do to a lot of players. So this- so there's Frank Panisi, general manager of football uh, for the Melbourne Storm, talking about the reason for resting players, um, and you can understand you can understand uh, why they're doing so. They've got the luxury to do so, freshen them up, and make sure that they're they're jumping out of their skin, ready for round one uh, of the finals. Um, so, yeah, um, method in the madness, um, and why not? Um, the Storm did so in 2020, if, if you can remember. Uh, the last round against the Dragons, um, they they rested a whole host of players going into the finals. Um, and it obviously we know what happened in 2020. So let's hope uh, history potentially could repeat itself. You never know. You never know. You, they put themselves in a position back into the top four um, after missing the top four last year. Uh, albeit still making the finals, but top four gives yourself that second chance, that that second opportunity to to give um, to give yourself a shot to be to make to make a prelim final, um, and then you're 80 minutes away from a grand final. So there's a lot at stake um, finishing in that top four, and again they've they've had the luxury of doing so. So uh, why not? Uh, in terms of the balance of the squads. Comparing them, I like the look of the forwards for the Broncos. I still think they've got a very um, no-nonsense pack, uh, plenty of experience there, plenty of strike on on the edges there in terms of Pierre Cora and Jordan Rickey, who are both great, great young back row, uh, great back row prospects, I should say. Um, especially Pierre Cora, uh, very similar to. Um, I, sh- I should say Jack Howarth in terms of the, the amount of raps uh, that this kid's had on him. Um, he's been a prodigy coming through. He had nearly every NRL club chasing him a couple of years ago in terms of trying to get his signature. And um, you know the kid hadn't even played first grade yet, and you had people that were th- throwing up to six six hundred thousand dollars at. At a, at a 16, 17-year-old kid, like, it's just insane. So, um, and the limited games that he has played for the Broncos, every time he has put on the Broncos jersey, he's actually got better. So, yeah, very dynamic, uh, good footwork, good leg speed, um, has an offload in him, has a bit of ball playing, um, really, really dangerous handful and uh, proposition on, on an edge. Uh, Ricky, again, very, very similar. In terms of, um, he's a big body, very athletic, good leg speed, uh, got got a bit of toe, um, can run a really really good line too. So, um, 
very, very good back row uh, that they've got there. Keenan Palacio, again, as a middle forward, he's a big, big, big lump of a lad. Um, so he'll do a job, uh, as well as Xavier Willison coming on for that punch off the bench with Martin Tapo'u. Um, Flegler, well, he's an origin representative. Corey Jensen, established first grader. So their pack is is no nonsense. Um and it'll be a really good challenge for the likes of Sims, Moroa, Katoa and King uh, to try and limit, I suppose, their go forward in that regard and give the Storm an opportunity with their outside backs to, to try and do something with the ball, um, with shape. Um, again, the only question mark I really have is it around the halves, so it'd be interesting. I mean, like, we know what's... The back line, the back five to me at the Storm probably can't, uh, definitely cancel out the the um, the Broncos. Pappenhausen, Warbrick, Ollum, Tonomapia, Smith, uh, they're going to hold their own against any NRL team. So, But the backs really can't do their thing if the forwards aren't doing theirs, their job. So that's, that's, where, that's where the game, in my opinion, is probably going to be won or lost in that regard. So if the Storm's middle uh, can hold up and, and, and really contain the Broncos and get some some momentum and ascendancy through the middle third, then that'll open up the opportunities for the outside uh, back five of the Storm to do their thing. Uh, and and again, it, like I already may mention to it, it's really going to come down to the balance of that final 17 and what that looks like. So... We won't know. We won't know until kickoff. So that'll be interesting. Um, I know that um, uh, it'll be uh, probably made clearer tonight when the Storm will cut their team from round uh, from twenty two from twenty two players down to um, to nineteen, and then an hour before kickoff will. We'll see that uh, the storm um, round out their final seventeen in that regard. So it'll become clearer there, where twenty two becomes nineteen, um, and then from there it'll it'll sort of start to take shape. So I'm just trying to have a quick look live as I'm doing the podcast to see if there has been any update on team list, but no, it still has the. Still has the 22 listed on the Storm website as well as the NRL website, so that's where that is. But, yeah, um, alas, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens in that regard. But, yeah, a- again, it's, 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 it's a great opportunity to, to see these guys get, get, um, get a chance. Uh, very excited to see Jack Howarth. Um, the, the kid has big raps on him. Um, he's the first player in the Melbourne Storm history to be ever signed to a five-year deal. So that goes to show you he's a long-term investment, he's been a long-term project, uh, and now he gets his chance. So can't wait to see him. Hopefully he gets plenty of minutes um, and can show his wares. So some news in and around the pathways and the feeder um, club report. So unfortunately, unfortunately, the high-flying Jersey flag Melbourne Storm team, their campaign has come to a heartbreaking end 
after suffering a 20-16 defeat to the Raiders last Saturday afternoon. A win or a draw was what was required for the Storm to book their place in the finals, and despite a remarkable comeback from a 16-0 down at halftime result, a Canberra try in the final minute of play would ultimately dash the Storm's chances of a maiden finals berth. So, yeah, really, really tough break for the young Stormers um, after starting the season very slow and then obviously picking up and going on a bit of a run to put themselves in the top five. They've unfortunately missed out on the top five and results didn't go their way and they've finished sixth. So um, still a remarkable effort. Um, We're talking about um, a team that's... It's been down the bottom for quite a number of years, uh, but obviously with the academy system that the Storm have set up um, under Matt Duffy and the kids that they're coming through the pathways, both at the NRL Victorian Junior District level, um, as well as the as well as the the other uh, pathway arrangements at Brisbane East, as well as the Sunshine Coast Falcons, uh, and then the talent scouts of um, of Russell Smith, Keegan Russell Smith, who I already made mention to, um, who now finds himself on an extended bench, hence because the the Jersey flag season is over. So, yeah, it all in all is um, you don't you don't go into um, a season, especially with the focus on pathways uh, and development. You're not in the business of winning comps. Um, or trophies. It's all about development, development of player, learning the Melbourne Storm system, um, and if by chance they do win premierships, well, it's a bonus. It's a bonus. So um, I'm sure that um, I'm sure the Melbourne Storm's jersey flag team will benefit from this experience, and and will go on to bigger and better things next year with. Um, some new players that are be going to be coming through that academy system as well. So there'll be a, a host of players this year that'll be sort of transitioning, uh, potentially being signed on Melbourne Storm development contracts um, and will we'll sort of graduate into the Host Plus Cup um, and the New South Wales Cup with the North Sydney Bears now with one of the original, uh, with one of the feeder arrangements that the Storm have created. Um, as well as uh, the the Sunshine Coast Falcons, as well as the Brisbane East Tigers, so there'll be, a, I suppose, a, a sprinkling of players that from that flag team will go on and start playing some second tier reserve grade football against men, and that'll be really, really good for their development as well. So, um, alas, not all, not all, uh, not all doom and gloom. Uh, again, it's it's more about the development of the player. Um, that's what these pathways are for, um, to make sure that the time that they are knocking on the door for first grade, they're going to be NRL ready. Um, and that's what you're seeing at, at a club like the Panthers at the moment. That's that's sort of the blueprint of what the Storm uh, have got in place. Uh, and the Storm, the Storm let, let's, let's be real, the Storm are... They haven't got the luxury of having such a junior nursery like the Panthers, but what they've done very, very well for a long period of time is they've done development well. They've done pathways well. Um, 
and all you got to do is you look over the past, or you look at now, you look at the the NRL team across the the top thirty. You know, there'd, there'd be about eighty five percent of them that have made their debut at the Melbourne Storm, and that goes to show roster purity. Um, that the people that have come through and have been in the system, they've been in the system for a long time before they get to first grade, which means that they are Melbourne's. They they are effectively Melbourne Storm juniors because the Storm have put so much effort, emphasis, and development into them. Um, so yeah, it'd be a really good opportunity for the to see these Jersey Fleet kids go and and start playing some reserve grade both in the New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cup competitions. Um, in terms of the Host Plus Cup, uh, the Sunshine Coast Falcons and the Brisbane Eath Tigers both prevailed in week one of the Host Plus Cup finals, holding on for a hard-fought win in their respective games last weekend. After sneaking into the top eight in the final round of the season, the Falcons have kept their momentum going taking home a 42-36 win over the Redcliffe Dolphins in a tri-fest at KO Stadium last Sunday. Meanwhile, the Brisbane East's Tigers have earned themselves a week off after defeating the South Logan Magpies, uh, who are the competition favourites and have finished the regular season on top of the Pops in uh, the Host Plus Cup. So quite an upset there, uh, winning 34-26 in a seesawing contest. Uh, which also went down to the wire. So with the Tigers now scheduled for a week off, all eyes will be on the Falcons, who will travel north to Rockhampton to face the Central Coast Capras in week two of the finals. So really, really good to see that the two reserve grade teams are playing finals football, and that speaks to the depth um, of the players we've got coming through. Uh, and the players that are, that are playing their trading reserve grade who are a part of the top 30. So uh, really, 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 really positive um, that we've got virtually all of the lower grades all being very, very competitive, all very competitive. So really good to see. <laughs> Now, some podcast questions. Now, Jared Ryan, <laughs> this is this is quite uh, left field. So, who needs to score a try this week to escape the nudie run? Unsure of criteria or how many games in the season you have to play. Uh, well, virtually all of them. So, if you're playing first grade or uh, any other level and you haven't crossed the stripe... Um, to score a meat pie, then you're in the bracket of uh, of uh, of being potentially having to do the nudie run. So um, quite uh, a number of debutants named this week, uh, Jerry goes on to say. So this week could be very interesting. Uh, he says his daughter is hoping Pappy <laughs> in the running uh, wants to know when and where if he has to partake. So... I'm sure uh, your daughter and many young females would be uh, would be suggesting uh, they would love to see Pappy on a nudie run as well. So um, yes, uh, I'm sure he has many abashed fans, uh, and not just for his uh, football prowess, shall we say? Uh, 
But uh, yes, well, Pap- Pappy hasn't crossed the line yet uh, for the Storm, so he potentially could be on the nudie run. So I know for for your uh, for your daughter's sake, uh, Jared, she'll be hoping that remains the case. So uh, and if it does so, well, we'll I'll, I'll try and tra- track down if and when where uh, for, for your daughter. Uh, very funny, very very funny. Um, there was um, there was another um, question that uh, I think it was around the Justin Ollum um, situation as well, uh, and we obviously know now that um, he is he has returned, um, which is good uh, for all those Juzzy Ollum fans out there. So yeah, it's. Um, and again, I don't think for for all those Papua New Guinean fans um, that support the Storm and obviously support Jazzy, it was nothing personal. It was it was a form thing. You know, he was out of form. He was missing his assignment defensively, um, and it's 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 one of those things where if you're not making changes and you're not improving on your own personal performance, then all of a sudden you become a liability in the team. And sometimes the best way to sort of reset, refocus and get back and and, and recapture that form is actually to go back down to reserve grade and start worrying about your own game and, and, and simplifying things. And I dare say that's what's happened with, with Juzzy. Obviously, him being back in in the uh, in the starting seventeen now, um, which is which is fantastic to see, because everyone loves Juzzy, everyone loves Juzzy, so um, it is it is good to see him uh, back. So, uh, and again, that's I've, I've I've received so many um, so many questions in and around that so I'm, I'm not going to just name every single one because majority of people have have um, commented and reached out and, and posed the question what's going on, what's going on with Juzzy what's going on with Juzzy so um, that's that's where it sits at the moment is that his his form was an issue and it wasn't anything on purpose. Um, it was just purely down to form. So I hope that um, that answers your questions in that regard. So, but again, um, welcome, welcome more questions in and around that. But I think we can safely say that it was it was nothing personal with Juzzy. It was just purely down to form, um, and. Juzzy's professional enough to understand that as well. You know, he didn't kick his can, didn't spit the dummy, didn't throw toys out of the cot. He virtually took took it on the chin, went back to reserve grade. He's worked hard for the past four or five weeks, and now he finds himself back in back in the NRL team. And I dare say he'll be out there to to ensure that he doesn't lose his jersey again, and he maintains that position in the top. 17, uh, specifically back on that left edge, uh, which he's made his own over the past, you know, three, three and a half seasons now. So, 
um, or four seasons since 2019. So, yeah, that's where that sits. Well, that's it for this week's uh, podcast. Thank you so much again. Uh, really appreciate the the support and all the all the love that uh, that you, the listener, continues to provide and, and and sharing and telling other people about the podcast. It's, it's really appreciated. So, uh, look, I'm excited um, about Thursday night. Uh, I love seeing young guys get an opportunity uh, to put their case forward and establish themselves as first graders. Uh, and let's be honest, uh, the Storm don't hand out jerseys for the sake of it. You have to, you have to earn them. Uh, and these two guys in particular, they've 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 earned them. So Sua Fualongo and Jack Howarth, go well, young men. Uh, I know you will put your best foot forward. You won't let the jersey down. Um, and I'm sure it'll be. It won't be the first time. It won't be the last time we see you in a Melbourne Storm jersey. Uh, going into the future. So um, to all the Storm fans, sit back, enjoy um, this week's game for what it is. Um, And again, that's the opportunity to see Generation Next and see who we've got coming through the ranks, Um, especially in the likes of Suofei Longo, who we should have made mention um, is a Victorian born and bred uh, junior, which is fantastic to see, and that's what that the emphasis on the academy side is is uh, or the academy, the Melbourne Storm Academy is trying to do is trying to produce more sewer Falongos, more young Tonomapias, more May, Mahe Fanuas, more Richie Kenners, uh, more James Tanua Browns. Um, so that's what we want to see. We want to see more Victorians that are the starting through and, and sewer making his. Um, debut this week. Can you imagine what that's going to do for for young uh, local Victorians? They, it's just, uh, it's something to aspire to. So it's really, really good to see. Um, so yeah, in, enjoy, enjoy Thursday night. Enjoy your weekend of rugby league. And uh, yeah, um, a tip. Well, it's very, very hard because you've got. Two teams that are severely weakened because of um, both sides resting players, but I'm going to say Storm by two. Storm by two. That's uh, that's my bold prediction for this week. So yeah, um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, go Storm. Ah!